standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus, episode 515, October the 24th, and it's Tuesday. That means it's time for Texit Tuesday. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Texit Tuesday. And before we go any further, let me remind you the way that we can make a difference, that you can help me continue to grow the show, is to like, share, and subscribe to this program. Follow me, please. Follow the show. Follow the social media stuff. It makes a huge difference. And if you're feeling particularly motivated, you can rate and review this program on your full, your favorite uh, podcatcher or over on the YouTube. All right. And one last thing before we get into the meat of the show, let me remind you the Texit conference is coming up November 9th. If you go to my social media, you'll see there is a coupon code there. Go check it out. And here we go. On with the show. Texit Tuesday. There we go. Why does it matter? Well, I had a conversation over the weekend. And I guess it'd be fair to say one of the guys was a naysayer. <laughs> and I, this is somebody I've known for quite some time. I like him. I, re- I respect him. Whatever else. And during the course of our conversation, he was quite dismissive. Um, I can't say I've never run across that before, but I, you know, I don't, I don't want to have a argument or a fight. So I just said, I understand how you feel. I get it. But I will tell you first and foremost, I support people having the right to vote on the issue. And secondarily, I like every move that we make through independence gets us closer to realizing it. The idea of getting true independence, right? A free and sovereign Republic of Texas. Maybe that's a bit too far. Maybe that's a bit more than what people can wrap their heads around. I get it. I understand it. But as part of the process is getting from there to there, there's this thing called de facto independence. And I spent some time talking about the idea of being de facto independent, and I, I think I made a little headway there. I'm not sure. But the reason why it matters is you cannot get people true freedom and true independence unless they, one, know what it is, two, actually demand it, and three, respect it and desire it. And you can't just get there from the very much socialist nature that we're in right now. It doesn't happen overnight. You have to keep pressing and keep offering steps along that path. We didn't get to the situation we're in right here and right now overnight. The progressives, the leftists, they they were, were working down a path and dragging us further and further into that hole this entire time. It didn't happen overnight. Now, a good no- amount of this happened over the course of my lifetime, and clearly you can see the changes from 100 years ago, but again, step by step, it's occurred. That's why it matters. Is this, this is pushing back. It's turning it on its head. It's recapturing some of the things that were lost, and again, I'll be the first to admit, I don't think we can fix DC. I, I don't think you can recover DC. Austin's got its problems, but it's still recoverable. Whether we recover it with the representatives we have now or we toss them all out, 
That still remains to be seen. But we the people, we have the power. We just need to recognize it. We need to understand it. We need to utilize it. And we need to be educated on how to do that and the proper way to do it and what can be done and the extent of it. That is why when you talk about people that do conventions or that support conventions, they know what can be done. The ratification of the original constitution, the ratification of the breakaway from Great Britain happened through conventions, which is what the convention of convention of states people are aware of. They just have the concern or let me phrase that. They lack the concern that the people that are around now don't see things the same way and don't recognize and appreciate the same things now that they did then. So that is an issue, right? If you go down the route of Texit and you're dealing with that same pool of people, there are some problems there, yes. But if you're educating people and you're pushing it towards that direction and you're gradually increasing the independent mindset, that's how you get there. That's why it matters. So in I've done a number of episodes in the past where we've talked about the idea of what would independence look like? What could you do if you were truly independent? Some of that's fun. Some of it's conjecture. Actually, most of it's conjecture. But let's set aside that. Let's just take a moment and look at what does it look like to achieve de facto independence? So what what does de facto independence mean? What what do we get by that? What what is the what is the benefit? Well, you know, in the past I've talked about just asserting the Texas sovereignty, the the Texas state. Now, any state can and should do this. And I've repeatedly brought up that even the United States Supreme Court has pointed out that the states are sovereign entities and they need to act like it. Now, the same friend also correctly pointed out is they control us through money. They control us by threat of control of the money and access. And that, again, is certainly true. But if you don't need the money or you don't want the money or you don't give them the money in the first place, that changes things up a bit. That makes it a little more difficult for them to be able to manipulate you and I and the state as a whole. The idea that we can continue going on forever, printing out more and more debt should bother everybody. So conceptually, our federal government, right, the folks in D.C. are going to spend us into oblivion and they're going to lose all their leverage, all their power, all their authority. Eventually, that's going to happen. So I asked, I said, well, what do you think happens when that happens? I mean, certainly there's going to be breakaway states or there's going to be people that want to go their own way at that point. And still, well, that's never going to happen. And, and again, I understand the mindset. I do. And to an extent, some would call it the realist view, right? The the idea they're never going to let us go. And, and there's truth to it for sure. But that doesn't persist forever. It is not a constant situation. Sooner or later, that leverage degrades. Sooner or later, you cannot keep the people under your thumb. I mean, even the Soviet Union dealt with this problem. They couldn't do it forever. Eventually, it had to give. So 
I'm not nearly as negative. Now, as an interesting aside, and I, I wish I could remember what year it was. I want to say it was 2016 in the Dallas, um, Texas State Convention. I I actually ran across Daniel Miller, and I and I um, referenced some. You know, I really I like the idea. I, in practice, I just don't know how doable it is. And he, uh, he was friendly, but he, he kind of basically said, well, have you considered this? Have you considered that? No. He goes, well, you know, the, the, these are all things that can be done and should be done. There is a process. I mean, it, it gave a very good methodical argument. And honestly, it was, shoot, at this point, eight years ago I, or seven years ago, I don't remember it. But it was convincing enough to me that I, I said, okay, all right. It's plausible. You've taken me from ideal to plausible. And here I am, you know, seven years later, I'm a vocal advocate. I, I I think we should keep pushing for it. I think we should educate towards it. I think we should, you know, cater towards that general direction. I mean, we already have the ability to produce our own power, which we really don't. We have our own power network, which should go to the whole state. But at the moment, it is not. We have our own reservoirs and water access. We have our own port. We, we have an air force of sorts. We have a military arm of sorts. We don't really have a Navy. I don't know how necessary that is. But certainly we could do a Texas State Coast Guard, right? In conjunction with the U.S. Coast Guard. There's all these different things that could be done that would be advantageous. That, that would move us towards being independent. But that's just at the state level. Let's look at it, you know, a step or two removed. When you have county governments that are willing to say, yeah, we're not going to participate in that. Feds, no, we're out. Or perhaps you have a, you know, the states create the counties, they create the cities. So the state has a lot more authority than the feds do. But you have several counties that are maybe up on the border with Oklahoma and they say, yeah, we're, uh, we're not going to accept you being involved in this. We'll settle this up with the state of Oklahoma or maybe the relevant tribe. We don't need your help here. We're, we're more than capable of negotiating a settlement here. I mean, I'd like to see those things happen. I'd like to build up the idea that we don't need to be babysat or have our hands held by the feds. It seems to me that all they do is create more problems and cost more money. They're supposed to help with agreements, yes, but in reality, what is the net benefit we usually get out of them? I'm a little dubious on that myself. But but each step and each thing that we do along the way increases the separation, increases the independent attitude, it increases the independent mindset, increases the independent action, right? Now, one of the things that I'm going to talk about when given the opportunity is the idea of building a culture of independence. And what does that culture of independence do? And how does that build into achieving independence? First, you have to achieve de facto independence, and then you can maybe get de jure independence, right? But if you never get your de facto independence, achieving de jure independence becomes extremely challenging. 
So how do we get towards where we're at now to that de facto independence? We have to keep taking ground. We have to keep moving forward in that area. What does that mean for you and I? Well, they have a school choice bill that went through the Senate and is currently being chewed up in the House. Now, I don't know about you. I have hmm, mixed feelings, to put it bluntly, on the current school choice bill, especially since they also want to go ahead and give every teacher extra money. So you're going to get an automatic raise because you're a teacher. Now, look, I understand you're a teacher. You could use the money. I I don't fault that. But for everybody, no questions asked across the board and a set amount. Do you you think maybe the money is worth less in a big city than it is in some rural district? Do you think maybe there ought to be an adjustment? You think maybe that should have been a consideration? I mean, or is this just a payoff to whatever teachers association. I don't know. Draw your own conclusions. But I can tell you right now that school districts don't teach independent mindset. They don't teach independent culture. They don't teach working together to resolve things without having to have somebody oversight or somebody in an oversight position, right? They don't teach meeting with equals and coming up with workable solutions. And yes, these are gross generalizations. I'm sure that your school out there is (laughs) the exception to the rule and great for you. I appreciate that you are able to experience that. I, however, did not experience that. (laughs) Of course, I went to a Wisconsin state or I'm sorry, a government school in Wisconsin or the state of Wisconsin. Wow. Need a little more caffeine, apparently. The, uh, The thing of it is I have zero expectation that we're going to get net positives out of government education. But it doesn't mean we can't try and we shouldn't try. There are avenues to accomplish that. Even though the Texas uh, education groups are opposed to us, even though the groups that have oversight or work in affiliation with the superintendents and principals and all that administrative people, they have zero desire to go along with the spirit of the laws passed. They have zero desire to build up the independent nature and the independent mindset. Indeed, I think they all, and I'm going to say the word again, all, all these people come from a mindset that would echo what John Dewey had to say about that kind of thing. That is, and I'm sure I've done this before. Let's say it again. The children who know how to think for themselves spoil the harmony of the collective society that is coming where everyone would be interdependent. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Mr. John Dewey from 1899. So as you can see, they've been at this for a long, long time. Where are some other areas we can take ground? Where where are some other areas we could advance the independent mindset? Well, For starters, have the, uh, have the sheriffs better understand what their role is and whether or not they're going to have the cojones to stand up to the feds, to push the three letter agencies out of their County. And when they do that, we need to make sure that the state backs their play, that the state assists them. I don't like the idea where the sheriff becomes a auxiliary of the state police. No, no, the state police should work at behest of the governor or 
the administrative official put in charge of that, or perhaps the AG for that matter, right? The head law enforcement agency of the state. We would like those people to be working for the greater good and maintaining Texas state law and the constitution above all. Not sure why they feel the need to go along with every little edict coming out of D.C., but more often than not, they do because, well, there's money in it. Again, self-defeating, taking away the independent mindset. When I talk about an independent mindset, I don't necessarily mean doing the full lone wolf thing, right? You're on your own. You don't need anybody else. No, I look at it as more of you don't need a babysitter and you don't need governmental oversight and that you figure out a way to make it work together, whether it's in a small collective group of people where they volunteer to work together or whether it is a organization, you know, created to accomplish certain tasks. These are all things that existed in the past, still exist today and can perform necessary functions and provide a net positive for the community in which they're in. But again, if they don't understand they're capable of doing these things, and if they're not encouraged to do those things, they won't. They will, they will be less effective. So as I kind of look at the downhill side of this uh, episode, let, let me go back to the beginning here. Why does this matter? You and I will never, ever see an independent Republic of Texas in our lifetimes if we don't start working on it now. If we don't start building and reinforcing the idea of an independent mindset, of an independence nature, of, of a culture that assures people that this is not only good, it's positive. It's a positive outcome, I should say. Now, I truly believe in my heart that Texas is one of the few states that one can actually pull this off and two actually has a desire to pull it off. But we have to reinforce that idea. We have to build upon that idea. And that comes from our culture. That's why it matters. But when you have leadership and groups that maintain that we have to take orders and we have to take direction from, quote, our betters or people in D.C., you're undermining that. You're taking that away. You're eliminating that which is special about the state of Texas. I often remark that I was an economic refugee when I came here. That I fled the mess that was in the state of Wisconsin to come to a place of hope. And that was Texas. And now that I've been here and I've got nearly 30 years under my belt and I've seen what has occurred, people are still coming here, mostly for economic reasons. But when they get here, they bring a lot of the baggage with them. Even though they put an R after their name, they're not conservative. They're not liberty lovers. I get that. And that's a lesser issue because most of them are at least mostly on our side and, and support the idea of, well, my state was jacked up. I'm going to come to Texas. And yeah, maybe Texas would be better off going along. Maybe Texas would be better off leading from the front. Maybe Texas can articulate this de facto independence and build on that nature that exists here. 
But unfortunately, the very school districts that we support with our money, the very school districts and the leadership within the schools that we depend upon educating our children are doing, in fact, very little to reinforce this idea. In many cases, they're working against it. They're making people feel guilty for who they were born to, where they were born, and how much better they have it here so they have to check their privilege. These same mindsets are injected into everything and anything And it saps the strength. It saps the power of the independent nature that already existed in Texas. And it was done under our watch. And it continues. So if you ever look to to accomplish the end goal, which is de jure independence, knowing that along the way we have to first obtain de facto independence, We cannot do it if we maintain the status quo in the education system. We cannot do it if we maintain the status quo on most of our leadership at the county and the state level. We have to keep pushing that envelope. We have to keep educating. We have to keep working with people that are our natural allies and build them up and encourage them and teach them and encourage them to do the right thing and to push back and stand on their own two feet and their authority that they already have. We, the people, have the control. We have the sovereignty. We have the ability to just say no. We just got to be willing to do that. Last thing. It was correctly pointed out to me that we really kind of seem to have failed the test. The COVID test, right? They locked us down. They shut us down. And a whole lot of people went along with it. They didn't answer or ask any questions. And that's true. But I wonder if they've learned their lesson. I wonder if a majority of our people have seen through this now. I wonder if we're going to have a majority of people say, not no, but heck no. I wonder if we have enough capital built up on pointing out the negatives and the shortcomings of this stuff, for lack of a better word, these issues that we can actually have a groundswell of opportunity to say, no, you've gone too far. You'll go no further. We no longer accept this out of you. We're going to do our own thing. We're going to go our own way. We're going to tell you this is Texas and that doesn't go here. It's possible. It's plausible. It just requires good work and committed people. So on this Texit Tuesday, let me remind you, it's up to you and I. We can make the difference. And we got to start right here, right now. And with that, this has been According to Callus. And not only will I see you on the other side, hopefully I'll see you at the Texit Conference in Waco, November 9th through the 11th. And like I said, there is a coupon code on my social media. Go there, check it out. Until then, on the other side. Canceled by the big tech mafia, but inadvertently profiting from owning their stocks in a mutual fund or ETF? At Two Pillars, they believe that censorship is a form of violence and a business practice that does not promote human flourishing. In many cases, through their investigative screening process, they can help you divest from companies that are denying your God-given inalienable right to speak freely. Hey, patriots. Two Pillars believes it's time for conservatives to align their values and investments. Two Pillars is your place for impact investing in the parallel economy. Find out what's in your investment portfolio with a complimentary portfolio review. 
Contact them today to learn more. Call toll-free at 833-377-0051 or send an email to info at twopillarsam.com. That's info at T-W-O-pillarsam.com. Get started today. Advisory services are offered through Jacob and Boaz Asset Management, LLC, doing business as Two Pillars Asset Management or Two Pillars. A registered investment advisor in the states of Texas and California. Two Pillars is not endorsed by any government agency and is not engaged in the practice of law or tax advice.